We hope you enjoyed these soul talks that we've been doing in our reform series where we've been playing some sound bites of Bill and I teaching at the Soul Shepherding Institute. And one of the wonderful things about the Institute is that we take your questions. We have uh, lots of conversation about issues in life and ministry. And so that's what we're doing today on the podcast is we'll be talking about uh, anger and our image of God. Thanks for tuning in with us. So we've received a couple questions. The people who have contacted us through Facebook or through our website and asked us some questions about anger. Yes, and we love hearing from you, Soul Talks friends, with your questions and things that you want to talk to us about. And so one of the questions that we've got is from our friend, uh, Pastor Vince Arnaldo, here at Woodbridge Community Church in Irvine. Hey, Vince, uh, happy to have you in our soul shepherding community and all our friends at Woodbridge Community Church, just down the street with, from us. Uh, Frank Winans is a lead pastor there and appreciate Frank. And uh, we've enjoyed uh, visiting Woodbridge Community Church from time to time. And Frank asks us uh, about, because uh, we had done a, um, a blog on anger a while ago, and he asks us about Jesus and the money changers. And when Jesus turns over the table and because uh, this is a situation that pastors run into all the mm-hmm. time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, is this issue that we're talking about is people asking questions or having uh, hurt in their life or conflicts in their relationships and trying to work through anger stuff, and it gets m- mixed into our image of God, and and so we we wince at Psalm ninety five at the end of the psalm there when when God is angry and uh, when Jesus is has has a whip in the temple. And so this is what Vince is asking about, and we had a conversation about this, and this is probably the most famous example of God's anger in the Bible is Jesus in the temple, because one of the ways that we, one of the superficial ways that we resolve the situations where God is angry in the Old Testament is, well, we look to Jesus, and we say, well, Jesus wasn't angry. Well, actually, sometimes Jesus was angry, and he was angry with the Pharisees, uh, a number of times, Matthew 23, he gives them just scathing rebukes, uh, might be Matthew 22, whole chapter there, uh, and then this, this scene in the temple. And so I think it's a good sort of example to uh, sort through this question. You know, is God angry? And, you know, what does it look like for anger to be governed by love? And so here we have a, a story that we're familiar with uh, in the Gospels, and First thing we need to say is that you know Jesus is not uh, like uh, a, a madman here with flying around with a whip and throwing tables and and yelling you know red faced and hurting people mm-hmm. with his anger. Yeah. He's not flying off the handle, and sometimes Jesus is sort of portrayed that way. Yeah, I remember being at the Getty, and there was a life size painting of Jesus clearing the temple temple and he did look like a madman who was enraged and people looked like they were really hurt and I was upset by that that artist portrayal of the of the clearing of the temple. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's the way it is and here's why uh, Jesus took the time to braid a cord. Uh, he, he braided ropes together. And so this he's not popping off. He's not reacting. Mm-hmm. He's uh, not out of control with his anger. Yeah, in one of the Gospels, he goes into the temple and sees the scene that's going on there and goes away to think and pray about it, and then he comes back to cleanse the temple. So there's an important detail there. 
so Jesus is obviously he is sinless and he is the perfect model of a human being, and so he is showing us healthy anger, and he's showing us in particular showing us God's anger, and so God's anger is one in which it feelings and thoughts are integrated. So our human problem we have with anger is that we we react out of emotion to a situation, and our feelings aren't integrated with our, our thinking. And so Jesus takes the time to process, to feel, to think about how he feels, to talk to God about how he feels, um, maybe even talk to the beloved disciple John about how he felt. And so that's helping him to manage his emotions. Jesus has the highest EQ, emotional intelligence, that a human being could have. So uh, he, he's not... Um, powering up in a reactive way, losing his temper in the temple. Uh, secondly, he, he's, not, he's not harming people. Uh, Jesus wouldn't do that. God wouldn't do that. Uh, Jesus is, um, first, the f- most obvious thing he's doing is he's defending the poor and the broken and the needy who are trying to get into the temple to worship, and there isn't space. And they're, they're, because of all the, the uh, marketplace activities that are going on, and they're being abused. They're being ripped off. There's they're being con- totally con manipulated and ripped off and injured and hurt. They're, the purity of their hearts coming to worship and to seek God is being totally and completely disrupted and distorted. Yeah, the, the religious leaders are overcharging them on changing the temple coinage to have the right uh, proper coins that are the, the, the not the Roman coins, but the... the Hebrew coins, and then they're charging them exorbitant prices on the sacrifices. And so people that are coming to worship God are being hindered. And uh, people that need healing, are, are there isn't space for them, and there isn't opportunity for them to... Uh, people that want to learn and, and, and uh, be discipled uh, by Jesus, they're, they're being uh, impeded. And so for Jesus to just be a pacifist who has no anger would not be loving. He, and for him to just say to the religious leaders, you know, pl- please don't do this. He's been doing that. <laughs> He's been teaching them for years, mm-hmm. uh, and they're not, they're not listening. And so he, out of love and compassion for the poor and the needy, he needs to defend them, and he needs to make a statement here about the temple. is The house of God is a house of prayer. Yeah, and he's actually responding to the spiritual abuse and the, the manipulation and the ways that they're so misrepresenting God in love to make this statement. But he's not hurting the people. And so sometimes this is the way anger, anger is, that in order to protect someone, uh, we, we need to act assertively. And anger is the emotion behind Assertiveness. Now, our, the important point we're making is that uh, emotion and attitude of anger needs to be tempered, restrained, directed by compassion and mercy. And so that's what we're seeing in Jesus. And uh, even if there is some hurt in this situation, maybe some people are hurt emotionally, maybe some people lost some money from their business, maybe somebody got um, fell down and uh, felt uh, hurt by that. We don't know all these details, uh, but in the bigger picture of the soul and eternity, nobody was harmed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Jesus is doing what is grace-filled and kind for everyone. 
And it's important to say, even for the religious leaders, maybe maybe especially for them. And I think that's where the the rubber really meets the road. That's really the test here. You know, uh, Dallas Willard said, uh, you know, never think anything mean about God. And you know, that's a, a very important, uh, uh, and it, it's simple and sort of childlike, which makes it all the more powerful. That whenever I read a scripture that that God seems uh, angry or punitive, I always remember, okay, God is not being mean right now. God is is loving. First of all, people that are being abused or taken advantage of, I can see maybe more obviously they're being taken care of here. But even for the person who is the recipient of the discipline, the punishment, the judgment, this anger is coming in love. God is patient and merciful. Jesus uh, loved the Pharisees. He loved the religious leaders. We give them a bad time. He, and we, you know, hypocrite is a term of derision. Jesus said it with a smile. It, it means play actor. He's saying, hey, come on, guys. You're playing at religion. And this is the most important thing in life. Come on. Well, let's give our hearts to God. Well, this is a, this is a, a religion of, of love and joy. We want to bless people. This is Jesus' attitude, and he's been teaching the Pharisees about this. And so it's really important that we see the nonverbals in Jesus of tenderness and, and patience and compassion towards people, not mean, judgmental anger. So he's been talking to the religious leaders, and he is trying to wake them up and so one of the ways that I resolve this in my mind about, you know, well, is, is God angry is that, well, if, if I am in the position that uh, most of these religious leaders were in in Jesus' day, and I'm not being governed by the, the generosity and spaciousness of, of the Lord's presence and compassion, and I'm not trusting in God, and I'm in a place of pride and, and selfish ambition and envy and uh, greed is is uh, working in me like acid, and God's been trying to reach me with love and kindness and forgiveness and gentle expressions of the truth and be- the beauty of nature and and people talking to me about things in many different ways. God's trying to get a hold of my heart, and still I am stubborn. Still I am persisting in a path that is disconnecting from God, even though I don't realize it. I would want God to get angry with me. I would want him to show me his anger because I would trust that he would do it in kindness. And so I don't want to take that away from God because I know that God is gentle and he gives the gentle answer that turns away wrath. But when the gentle answer doesn't turn away wrath, he, he will bring his anger in a way that is, is cleansing and healing and freeing for me. So important. So helpful for you to share this process and help correct some of our unconscious thinking and projections and confusions about this. I think many times we avoid thinking much about this subject because it feels confusing. It feels overwhelming. It feels threatening to us. And it gets all mixed in with our experience of being hurt by other people, humans, who have not used their anger and love towards us. Yeah, so we want to get to the place where we say, thank you, Lord, for your anger, and that it's, it's uh, governed by love. Thank you that you're a God of justice. Thank you that we can trust you with, with judgment, because you, you always uh, do it in a, a way of the, that's gracious and uh, caring towards people. We, we need a God like that. We need the, the, the God who has all the power, all the knowledge, uh, is kind, 
the God who, who is the judge of the living and the dead, uh, who is the righteous and holy one, uh, who will get, get angry if we persist in, in rebellion and uh, disrespect towards him and not, not compassionate towards people around us. He, he will try to wake us up, if need be, with but he, anger. But he doesn't do it like an angry school principal who's abusive or an angry leader who abuses the power that he has in a hurtful way to make you small and shamed and, um, you know, cry uncle. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not in this mean way that we tend to experience or even see it, unfortunately, you know, in areas of spiritual abuse. It, that's, that's not the way God does it. God is not this angry, forceful, manipulative, uh, it's, I'm, I'm, it's gonna, my will's going to wind out over yours. I'm going to arm wrestle you down. God always respects our free will. Mm-hmm. That's an important point you're making in this, Christie. Mm-hmm. It's that God does not see, in, in the human scene, we will sometimes, particularly uh, as a parent, I might use anger, um, perhaps not consciously and intentionally, but over my small child, I'll, I'll get power mm-hmm. with that because that child wants to please me. And so the, the I'm, I'm forcing an obedience mm-hmm. or right. forcing a situation to to work out the way I, I feel like it needs to so that, mm-hmm. so that I, I can carry on with the day. Mm-hmm. And God doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. God always respects our free will. He, mm-hmm. he does not want to make us do what's right. Right. So he would never use anger to do that. Right. But he, 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 what we are saying is that, well, he might use uh, anger tempered by uh, mercy to uh, inspire and motivate us to rethink our, our behavior, rethink our heart's attitude, rethink the course of our life, and, and wake up to the reality that, that uh, God is good and loving and beautiful and, and kind and, and holy, and I, I want to be in sync with Him. And so we, we need these scriptures as part of our natural uh, diet of investing the, ingesting the Word of God. We need the scriptures that show God saying things like in Psalm 90, 95, you know, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Like to, to hear the voice of the Lord and to, to close our ears and to shut off our heart and to be stubborn. In, in our minds, and to to not trust God's word, to not uh, obey the the teaching of the Lord, uh, that's a dangerous place to be. It's not safe for my soul. It's not safe for my family. It's not safe for my ministry. And so we, we need that warning. We need the example that you know. Here were some people in the wilderness, you know, followers of Moses, and God did wonderful miracles and and loved them and provided for them. And God was so patient and so tender and so compassionate and through. You know, so much complaining and disobedience and, and so forth. And um, there came a point where he said, okay, well, you, you're not going to be able to enter my promised land because you, you're not trusting me. And so that, that's not going to work for you. It's not that God is withholding something good from them or saying, look, I'm, I'm so fed up with you, I'm just going to wipe you all out. You know, or, or gee, you know, because you've disobeyed me, I'm not going to be nice to you anymore. <laughs> or gee, I don't, I don't want you to have this good, good land flowing with milk and honey because, because you didn't listen to me. You should have listened to me. <laughs> so these are human conceptions. Mm-hmm. That's not the way it is. It's like hey, it's not going to work. You can't, you can't live in a land flowing with milk and honey if God isn't king in that land. The, the milk and honey is not flowing, and and God's not not king in your heart if if you don't trust Him. 
if you, you don't listen to his voice, if you don't respond to his provisions and, and participate in life with him. And so that's what was going on there, is that the, the people had made themselves ineligible. And just because they didn't enter the promised land doesn't mean they're not in heaven now. I mean, God's trying to fit as many people into heaven as he can. And so uh, all of them might be in heaven. We don't know how this situation... See, that's sort of part of the important part of the picture is we, we tend to look at these things only from the, the human mm-hmm. perspective, the visible, physical scene, you know, today, now, how I feel, my experience. But, but when we're in heaven, you know, we're, we're not going to be so worried about individual situations and, and apparent injustices. I mean, first of all, we're going to see things clearly, but, but then we're, we're going to have the whole perspective of eternity. And, and God is after the, the salvation of our souls, the, the perfecting of our, our personalities for, for all eternity, because we're going to rule and reign with him forever. And he has important work for us to do. So he, he's developing our character, and that requires certain situations where sometimes we need some, some discipline or we, we need to go through something that it doesn't, it, it feels like God was being mean there. And we have to wrestle through those emotions and we have to trust it. Well, he's, he's not being mean. And from the eternal perspective, whatever it has felt damaging or hurtful to me, it really is not going to be. That God is teaching me something that is is good for me as well as the people around me. And if you've been hurt by anger, and this is something that is affecting your relationship with God and your view of God, we want you to be honest with God about that and to seek healing, to seek help in working that through and somebody who could be a safe place for you and who can empathize with the ways that you were sinned against by someone's anger, uh, someone who maybe even was in a, a position of leadership and somebody who was even an uh, ambassador of God, um, as, as much as we would hope that that wouldn't be the case, that somebody like that would hurt you with their anger. We know that it happens. So as we close out, let me just say a prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you show us your love, your mercy, your compassion, your empathy, and you show us the goodness of the heart of your Father and Holy Spirit that you are the wonderful counselor. And we pray for those listening who have been wounded by anger. And we ask, Lord Jesus, that you would bring healing to them and that in areas where they may be projecting onto you, the frown of a father or another person who had power over them and abused it and hurt them, did not will good for them in their anger, that you would bring healing to them and that you would clear up any wrong ideas that they have about you, Lord, so that they could grow in greater intimacy and trust with you as their father, their Abba, their Savior, their Lord and friend. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the good king, the king of kings that we can trust. We can trust your rule and your power. You use it only in good and love. Amen. We hope this discussion, the Soul Talk on Anger, has been helpful to you. We love hearing from you when you send your questions to us. It makes Soul Talks Interactive, and that's what we love about the Soul Shepherding Institute, is that we're a community of apprentices to Jesus, and everybody brings questions about their life, their family, their ministry, their church, and 
our best teaching and learning comes in that context. So hope to see you soon. Visit us at soulshepherding.org.